0: Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd.
1: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, your host, and with me in studio is Archbishop Alexander Sample. And this week, we're going to be discussing pastoral strategies for an apostolic age. That is a big title, but I'm really Mm -hmm. looking forward to this subject. Archbishop, please help us begin with prayer.
2: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, before your Son ascended back... To your right hand in heaven, he gave to his church the great commission to go forth and to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And your Son, Father, reminded us that he is with us always to the end of the age. Father, in this time we ask your special blessings upon our efforts to fulfill that great commission in these very difficult and challenging times in which the church finds herself. We ask you to be with us during this broadcast so that our conversation will be pleasing to you and will be enlightening for our listeners and help them to understand the times that we are in and what this calls forth from each of us. So Father, we place this time in your hand asking you to lead and guide all of us. All these things we ask through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph.
1: Pray for us. In the name
2: of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.
1: Well, this topic and this discussion, Archbishop, actually comes from some Calls from the Knights of Columbus, and I know recently (laughs) you had time to spend with them at one of their uh, conventions, uh, the delegates of the 113th Annual Oregon State Convention in May, and they were just so thrilled with your message, and you gave them a book assignment. So you're giving me a book assignment, you're giving our listeners a book assignment. Uh, It's called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, Pastoral Strategies, for an apostolic age, mm-hmm. okay. Give us a sense of why this book, and particularly thinking about the, your audience, the Knights of Columbus yeah. gathering, that you are encouraging them to read this book.
2: Well, you know, I. It's funny because the this is what the, this is what the Lord keeps doing to me. <laughs> the Lord is is really trying to to break in to my life. It seems more and more and more. And this book uh, was just just out of the blue was was placed into my hands, but it it, it kept coming up, mm-hmm. you know, and so the, the Lord just, that, that's that's the way he works. Actually, it was one of the priests, Father Sean Weeks, I'll give you credit out there, Father <laughs> Sean, uh, pastor of St. Pius X Parish, who came to visit with me and to meet with me and to just share with me some good stuff that was going on in his parish and in his life, and he shared this book with me. He says, you, you, you got to read this book, Archbishop. He says, it's changed the way I look at things. I said, oh, okay. And, you know, it looked short enough, Mm -hmm. and the print was big big enough. It didn't look like (laughs) it was going to be, you know, a huge commitment of time. So I I decided to read it, and I just resonated with it immediately. And what I kept thinking to myself as I was reading it was this author is putting – into words in a very organized way, what I have been thinking about for years. Mm. Literally, it was like finally, it was like somebody, and I don't mean to overplay this. I mean, there's because there's a lot in here that that I did not think of for for sure, but but almost all the things that have been on my heart, and mind, and worried that I worry about for the life of the church and her mission is in here, and it's like somebody kind of finally took all my thoughts and organized them in, in a much more intelligent way than I ever could. The, 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 the premise of this book, and, and, and it kept coming up again, Acts 29, we've talked about Acts 29, mm-hmm. their work with the priests, right? So I'm, I'm talking to Father John Ricardo in a Zoom call to, to talk about what they're doing and, and whether they would be a fit for us. And, you know, I've, I, I, I took this book I gave it to all of my priests as their as their Christmas present this year, this last 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 December. And so then some months later I'm talking to Father Ricardo and he's telling me about what Acts twenty nine does and he says, Archbishop, have you ever heard of this book called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission? <laughs> and I said, Are you kidding me? I said I said I just gave that to all my priests for Christmas, you know, and, and it well, it's guiding their vision as well. Mm. So there's a reason why this mm-hmm. book is in my life. And I, ta- I ca- called and uh, talked to, to Father Shea, Monsignor Shea, who's the, he's not the author, uh, but, but he wrote the preface for it, and he's president of St. Mary's University. But the premise of the book is that the age of Christendom is past. Mm-hmm. In other words, living in a culture and in a society that was sh- largely shaped by a Christian view of life that's 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 done, that's that's over with, and it's over with to greater degrees of intensity, depending on where you live. So I, w- I would say the age of Christendom—that's what we call Christendom. Christendom is is living uh, in a culture in a society whose values, whose laws, whose morals are shaped. By a Christian view of life, that is either over with, or it is quickly passing away, depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. I quite honestly, in pockets of this archdiocese in Western Oregon, it's passing away. In other parts, it's over. You know, and I, 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 I don't need to need to name names, but there are certain urban areas of our archdiocese where. Really, the, the, the culture is not is not Christian anymore. The politics, the uh, moral values are, are, are no longer being shaped by a Christian view of life as it once was. And that didn't mean in this age of Christendom that we call it, it doesn't mean that everybody's a churchgoer, okay? Right. It doesn't even mean that everybody's a believer in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as Lord and Savior, although in a Christendom culture, the majority of people mm-hmm. would, would profess uh, faith in Christ, but it, but it's not to indicate that you know some sort of utopian Christian uh, you know society where everybody's a churchgoer, everybody's a, 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 a on the path to holiness and striving for holiness. And no, it doesn't mean that. But but that again, that the the, the cultural outlook, the societal outlook. What shapes society? What shapes our laws and our values and morals? Are, come from the Christian view of life, and a Christian point of view, a scriptural point of view in many ways, with, you know, an idea of good and evil, eternity, uh, etc. Well, that is either dead, or passing away very quickly. And so, what do we do? Where where do we find ourselves now? Because well, the, the the premise of this book is that in a, in a Christendom age, when we are in in Christendom mode, if you could if you could put it that way, the church goes about her mission in a very different way than it does when she is not in a Christendom age, and the premise of the book is that we have moved from that Christendom age into an apostolic age, and that's kind of. It's kind of alarming, but I quite honestly I kind of find it exciting. And I, I know that may sound I mean, nobody wants to see the death of of, of, of Christendom, uh, but it places the church in a very different place because now we are no longer supported mm-hmm. by the culture and the society around us as Christians, as we once were. Now we're in an apostolic age. We're like we're like in the time of the apostles again. Mm-hmm. We're, in the, we're like in the days of the early church, and the church finds herself in uh, uh, what is rapidly changing from an indifferent environment to a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like the early church in, in pagan Rome in many ways, where we've, the church finds herself in, in an empire, in a, in, a, in, a, in a society that no longer supports us no longer supports our values and beliefs. And this is the first time the church as a whole, I mean, there have been pockets certainly throughout the world and throughout history, but this is the first time since the founding of the church by Jesus Christ, at least in the West, that we've ever been in this position. I mean, we were in that apostolic mission time in the early days of the church, but once the Peace of Constantine came Mm -hmm. and we had the Edict of Milan and the church was recognized and even encouraged from that moment on, the church has been in a Christendom mode. Although pockets and places, you know, there have been, uh, you know, persecutions in that. But as a whole, society was moving in that way. Now, for the first time in history, since those early days, that's gone in the West. Not in other parts of the church in the world, but in the West, it's gone, and we're we're back in that apostolic mm-hmm. mission. So, the, so what the book is pointing out is that. How the church conducts her mission in a Christendom era is different than how she conducts her business in a in an apostolic age, and since we are in or we're rapidly moving into an apostolic mission mode, we've got to be we've got to be in a different we have to be in a different mode, and and we can get very discouraged by you know when we when we look at the world around us, uh, and and I just want to this is this just uh, jumped out at me. This is uh, develop, devising a pastoral strategy for a transitional time. You know, here here we are in this time of transition from one era to another, and, well, you know, what what are we going to do? You know, mm-hmm. is there hope for us even? I mean, there are some people are, you know, are really worried and thinking the church is dead, the church is never going to recover from this, you know, what, what are we going to do? They're anxious. Will we Will we have the resources to rebuild and, and all this? So... The author says here, and I love this, he says, The first requisite is to note the times in which we live and to be ready to adjust expectations and strategies accordingly. In this regard, we might begin by considering the apostles soon after the ascension of Christ. Mm -hmm. All right, so now here we are at the very beginning of the church. Jesus has ascended. They have been newly filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we've had Pentecost and had the words of their resurrected master ringing in their ears. Again, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all the nations. This was the quintessential apostolic situation. All right, so here we are. Jesus has ascended. He's given them the Great Commission. They've had the day of Pentecost. The church has been lit on fire by the Holy Spirit the words of Jesus are ringing in their ears, go out and make disciples. So, so then the offer goes, goes on to say, one can imagine them gathering for their first, and he puts it in quotes, I love this, evangelization committee meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, how many, how, many parishes, <laughs> yeah, how many parishes have an evangelization? So the apostles now, after Pentecost, are meeting for their first evangelization committee meeting. Okay, so here's the, our agenda. Okay, the agenda is to bring the gospel of Christ to the world. Okay, there's your agenda. Now, I love this. He goes down their resources that they had to begin with, all right? So they, they took assessment of their resources. Yeah. Okay, bishops, 11. Right. Priests, same number, 11. <laughs> Deacons, none. Trained theologians, none. Religious orders, None. Seminarians? None. Seminaries? None. Christian believers? Eh, a few hundred. Mm-hmm. Countries with the Christians in them? One.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Church buildings? None. Schools and universities? None. Written gospels? None. Money? Very little. <laughs> Experience in foreign missions. Mm-mm. none. Influential context in high places, next to none. And finally, societal attitude toward us. Mm. Ignorant to hostile. Yeah. Now, that's the church in apostolic times
1: mm-hmm.
2: And look what those 11 bishops priests did. Mm-hmm. guided by the Holy Spirit. And so we have to recognize that we're in those times again, yeah. and we mustn't lose heart. We mustn't lose hope. If God built the church to spread throughout the whole world so that now there are, what are there, 1.2 billion plus Catholics in the world, uh, in every country, country. If, if, if God can do that with that list of resources that I just read for mm-hmm. you, as the author has put here, we have no reason to have fear and, and right. lose hope. God is still with us. Mm-hmm. God is going to rebuild his church, but it's going to take us now to be in a different mode. Mm-hmm. We, the church, cannot rely on the resources of the past, the ways of doing things in the past, it's just not going to work. We don't have some of those resources anymore. I mean, the, the, I mean there's a, wonder, a lot of wonderful things happening in religious life and some new religious orders that are thriving and growing. But a lot of the grand, great religious orders of, of, of the past that ran our schools and universities and healthcare systems, they're, 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 they're dying out. We can't afford some of the institutions we used to have. We're losing some of the institutions that we had. We're losing some of the physical buildings that we used to have and rely on. In other words, the church in this Christendom, everything's hunky-dory mode, those days are gone. And, and so we have to go forward with a new spirit. But this new spirit uh, needs to take into account the times that we're in. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me, this doesn't come directly from the book, but it's, it's part of my reflection on the book. With what we're facing in the world today, the church, I mean, in the West, uh, let's just talk about here in Western Oregon or uh, Southwest Washington, too, for our mm-hmm. folks across the river. You know, we are, we are as, as you said, what is the attitude toward the Christian church in the, in the apostolic times? Well, what do you say? Ignorant to hostile. I would say in, in our time here in Western Oregon, it's ignorant to indifferent to hostile. I mean, I I, I just want you all to know, I saw a video clip shown to me by Father Tim Furlow, who's the pastor of St. Patrick's Church, where a security camera shows a woman going up to the front steps of the church, pouring gasoline Mm. all over the front uh, area there of the church down by the sidewalk and lit it on fire. And there's a tremendous explosion of flame and she runs away clearly just targeting a Catholic church. What if she had done that at the rectory? Seriously, I mean, there's, there's a growing hostility toward the Christian religion and to our Catholic faith, uh, so we need to be aware of that. But in the face of that, we still have the Great Commission from Jesus. Mm-hmm. We still have the, the Great Commission, the church. Our mission, and I, and I, I worked this out with my own leadership team here, What is our? why do we exist mm-hmm. to witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's our mission. And we still have the Great Commission. We still have that mission from Jesus. That has not changed and will never change. It is the mission of the church from now until he comes again in glory is to to proclaim the gospel, is to witness to the gospel, is to make disciples. It's the evangelizing mission. But in this new environment, this non-Christendom environment, how do we do that? To me, there's one of three choices. Either number one, We just capitulate. We just go along. We go along to get along.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, we make nice with culture. We make nice with this hostile, ignorant, indifferent culture around us. So we just we just you know try to play nice with the world, right? And and compromise our values and our moral teachings. And quite honestly, there's a lot of this in the church. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. sad to say. I mean, when I stand up and and say things sometimes, we had a program uh, recently on uh, the whole issue of, of abortion and Catholic politicians who are promoting an abortion agenda. Then I get letters, you know, calling me a cultural warrior. You know, I'm a cultural warrior. We don't need cultural warriors. I didn't ask for this fight. I didn't ask for any of this. None of us asked for any of this. This has come to us and we are under we are under duress so we can either so we can go along we can just go along and be lukewarm and 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 not stand up for anything and and you watch the church die or number 2 we can we can go into what i call bunker mentality here we just hunker down you know and we have it our own way and and, and i see this element in the church as well we're just going to hunker down and go back just to the old ways, and we're just going to barricade ourselves against the world. We're not going to engage with the world. We're going to protect ourselves from the world. We're going to protect our families and, and our children from the world. We're just going to hunker down and wait it out. Let the world go to hell, quite honestly. But, but we're going to be safe because we're going to be here in our protective little environment where you know, we have everything just the way we want it, and, and we have everybody around us who just believes the same things we believe, and we're just comfortable here and Pope Francis is the one that's called us out of that. He says, you know, we know we we can't live in our comfortable little world. Mm-hmm. We need to we need to go out and engage this world. And that's the third option. Mm-hmm. Engage. Mm-hmm. Engage the world. Engage the culture. Take it as a challenge. Rise to the challenge. Uh, but it's going to take faithful witnesses. It's going to take faithful witnesses. And maybe that's the message that the Knights of Columbus heard. A call to action. Yeah. And and what uh, the author points out of, uh, of this book is there are two temptations. He points out, and I, I can't go through the whole book, but there there are a lot of advantages when you're in the Christendom mode, and there's some disadvantages. There's some advantages to being in an apostolic yeah. mission mode, and there's some disadvantages. But one of the th- striking things for me is what he says it, in in the in the Christendom era when everything's hunky dory and all's going well and society's moving in the same direction as we are. The temptation is to lukewarmness,
1: mm-hmm.
2: complacency, laziness. We get lazy in our faith. We get complacent. We get lukewarm. We're not challenged, in other words. We're just kind of coasting along. That's the great temptation in the Christendom age is to, to slip into this lukewarmness the temptation in an apostolic age, the author points out, is to cowardice, to cowardice. In the face of what we're facing, will we be cowards or will we draw upon that gift of fortitude that we received from the Holy Spirit in confirmation and stand up for our Lord Jesus Christ and for his church? And and I think that... that that's something that that we all need to hear. This 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 time we are in. I see I see tough days ahead for the church, quite honestly. I I think we have to be ready for that. But my my question to my dear people, to my priest, to, to all the faithful entrusted to my care is how are we going to how are we going to address this? Mm-hmm. Are we just going to bury our head in the sand and and just pretend that everything's just okay? Are we going to drift along with the culture and try to get along with the culture and just make nice with everybody. And if we just adopt all the values of the world, then the world will love us. And that's the temptation. We want the world to love us. But Jesus said, the world will hate you because it it hated me before you. And we've lived through a a tremendous period of Christendom when things have been pretty easy for the church. But those days are over and days are going to get tough. And we're in that apostolic age again like the early church. So, you know, we, 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 have, to, we have to rise to this challenge at this time. And, and I'm excited about it. I, I have to say I, I'm not discouraged by it, but we have to make up our mind. Yeah. Whose side are we going to be on? You know, what are we going to do? I don't want to go along, to get along. I don't want to adopt a bunker mentality because I don't, I don't think that works for a few but is it is it really engaging the world with the gospel? The apostles didn't hunker down Mm-mm. in the upper room and just be comfortable among themselves. And they went out and they risked their lives. They were martyred
0: mm-hmm. to
2: bring the gospel to every uh, human person. Yeah. We've got to be ready to engage the culture and, and, and get out there. So yes, it's 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 time for courage. It's time for fortitude. It's time for apostolic mission. I'm excited. I think. We're getting our priests geared up and excited, and this was a lot about what we talked about at yeah. that convocation some some weeks ago. So stay tuned. We we have got a lot of a lot of work to do.
1: It's exciting, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we decided to, to record this program of the feasts of Saints Peter and Paul. So I really feel that apostolic zeal, that courage, that let's go out and and share the good news, and part of that commission, Archbishop, what encourages me. I will be with you until the end of the age. No matter what age we're in, Jesus gives us that promise. So let's be in that apostolic age and to call out for our great apostles to guide us in sharing the good news. Would you please help us close in prayer? Yes.
2: Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless the body of Christ, which is your son's church, founded by him to Proclaim the good news of your love and mercy to all the nations. Father, your son Jesus gave us the church, the great commission, to let the world know that you so loved the world that you gave your only son so that whoever believes in him would not die but have eternal life. Lord, help us to always stay focused on our true mission, to bring this good news to every creature, to bring hope into the lives of Of despair and light into a world so filled with darkness, to bring joy where there is sadness and and to bring faith where there is confusion and doubt. And so, Father, we just ask you to prosper the work of our hands and our hearts as we seek to fulfill your son's great commission. All these things we ask in his most holy name. Amen. Holy Mary, our hope, seat of wisdom. Pray for us. St. Joseph. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. And thank you for listening to The Voice of the Shepherd on Mater Radio. We look forward to sharing with you again next week. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week.
0: You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you.